another four, three, and then in. Hello, and welcome to the uh, YouTube podcast, episode number 13, lucky number 13, talking all things U2, including album news, tour dates, community discussions from the staff of at U2.com. We are live streaming once again, Wednesdays, we live stream out to the world. If you want to pay attention, if you want to listen, goodstuff.fm slash live is where you can find us. 8.30 in Saskatoon time. Sherry, what, what other time zones is that? Oh, it's 10.30 Eastern, 3.30 a.m. Dublin. That's a, that's an important one. And uh, that lovely voice you're hearing is Sherry is joining us once again for the podcast. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you brought your, <laughs> what, Australian? No. I haven't a clue. What was that? <laughs> that was, that was Bostrillian. That was a combination of Boston and Australia. It's a very I'm so unique... jacked up on caffeine right now. <laughs> it's a unique Ring dialect. And uh, Matt, you're back for the show. Welcome back. Thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm, I, sh- I was just thinking while you were talking, we should, shouldn't we skip episode 13? It's kind of unlucky, like they do with hotels and all that no, sort of stuff. No, Adam, Adam was born on the 13th. It's all good. Yeah, there you go. What other, uh, since everybody knows us already on this show, by, by now, if this is your first show, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. But um, Matt and Sherry and myself should be fairly familiar voices to you. Uh, Matt had the idea of uh, having a little confessional of some sort. <laughs> But instead of just telling you about our YouTube interests, of, like we usually do for new guests, so Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's 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 something interesting about you related to YouTube that people might might not know? Wow, um, I'm terrible with song lyrics. How that? How's that? Like I could not. If you asked me to recite a, a song lyric right now, I could not do it. Maybe 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 some of the songs I could, but if you were to pick like a like a somewhat non popular YouTube song, I could not even start the song lyrics. Okay. Well, we'll uh, that's actually a good teaser for what we're going to do a little later on in the show. So, uh, Uh-oh, great. Might, <laughs> Volcano's terrible. We might have a little... Uh, <laughs> a little like, uh, I, like, I don't even... I have no idea what the first line of the song Volcano is. <laughs> How about this one? I know... Right. Everybody knows that. Okay. okay. So that's a, that's, a, that's a hugely popular song. So that I should be able should to... If, if you quizzed me, I should be able to... To recite the lyrics to that, but okay. volcano? No, I could not tell you the lyrics to volcano. Okay, Sherry, how about you? What's the interesting fact about you? Oh my goodness! To uh, related to you too. I worked local crew back in 1992 at Foxborough Stadium for outside broadcast, and I stickered up about 50 or 60 bumper stickers that said, "I love the Dalton Brothers backstage." <laughs> Wait. The whole sentence was, I love the Dalton Brothers backstage, or you? Or it the, was a bumper sticker that had, I heart the Dalton okay. Brothers. Okay, I thought. Okay. And I slapped them on almost anything and everything backstage at the venue for the U2 outside broadcast um, Zoo TV tour gotcha. date back in August of 92. Okay, because the and whole sentence. I don't sentence, think I've ever shared that with anybody. Right. The whole so, sentence kind of sounds like more of a confession than maybe you were planning to. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I get to the Zoo TV confessional to <laughs> to uh, uh, say, forgive me, Bono, for I have sinned. I uh, stickered up your backstage. All right. And I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of on the spot because I'm terrible at this, but I, I'm somewhere in between, like with what Matt said, as far as like, I have really good recall of a song and lyric and even playing guitar along to a song, but then random, like just complete YouTube brain farts or whatever, as far as remembering something that should be really obvious. And that's probably fairly um, plain to see for people who pay attention to the podcast as I stumble over words and trying to remember random facts on the spot. 
that uh, other folks like Sherry seem to do a much better job of. So, um, but I'll blame my kids because they always exhaust me right before we record this podcast, <laughs> getting them to bed. But tonight they were good. So there we go. I won't throw my kids under the bus in this episode. Shall we, uh, before <laughs> I confess. Save that for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save it for the podcast, Chris. <laughs> Shall we move on before I alienate my entire family on this podcast to our inbox? Uh, now, I came back from uh, preparing for the show to uh, about 16 paragraphs of conversation in our documents, which normally is just a quick question and then we talk about it on the show. But Sherry and, and Matt have gone back and forth with an essay here, it looks like. So I'm just going to turn the show over <laughs> to <laughs> Sherry or Matt, whoever well, wants to take the lead here. Chris, you remember I promised in the last episode that I would find the answer to the question, how have order of songs on CDs correlate to how popular songs have been um, and if they are played in concert. And I forget uh, which listener had um, sent that because I don't have last week's show notes in front of me, but I have somewhat of an answer. But then Matt came in with a a point-counterpoint. So uh, (laughs) that was fun. So So, here's the point in the podcast where we just read to you what we argued about in Google Docs earlier today. Well, so I was wondering if I should just do a a dramatic reinterpretation of your your writing here. But no, so Sherry, maybe we'll start with you. I I reached out to um, our buddy Axe over at U2Gigs.com because they live and breathe this type of data mining and um, uh, digging deep into this type of stuff. And so using the Joshua Tree as an example, um, and this is off of their their website as well, Um, looking at the Joshua Tree, the album had remarkably lopsided live representation. Songs from the first side of the Joshua Tree have been performed um, at the time of this publication over 3,000 times. The songs from the second side can only claim to be performed 372 times. The only song from the first side that has not been played more times than the entirety of the second side is Running to Stand Still, but it's only 27 performances shy of that mark. So you can tell they really dive into the statistics on this. Um, Axe did put a little footnote um, to say it's worth noting the vast majority of songs never played live are from the second half of the album. Off the top of his head, Drowning Man, Promenade, and Fourth of July are the exceptions. So this is where Matt started typing in after I started typing. So this is where it gets fun. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> what you want me to just like read what I said? You know what you know what else I don't like? The order of songs. There is no there is no chance on earth that the order of the songs on U2 albums has any impact on whether a song gets played in concert. If if there's if you know whatever the data shows, it's just pure coincidence. There's just there's no way that they have an idea when they are sequencing an album they have no there's no way they've even started to think about you know the tour that starts you know 8 months from then it's just no 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 i'm not but, even but what about singles though you look at the first 3 singles off of off of the album so Joshua Tree the first 3 singles were on the first side unforgettable fire the first 3 singles of of that album were off what side a um, Can I just interrupt maybe, for one second, Sherry? Go ahead. Uh, I'll ask for the under 
thirty something crowd. What's what do you mean by sides? Oh, back in the day, <laughs> there were these big twelve-inch plasticky things called vinyl records, and so side or if you were were more inclined, you could have this little plastic box type thingy that 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 was called a cassette, and so each side could only have so many songs on it. So once you had five or six songs, you'd have to flip from one side to the other. So you'd have side A or side B. Okay, gotcha. So so that's what is meant by sides. Um, so you look at the at the albums and 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 the first couple singles off of the album, and chances are in a live setting they're going to play the singles that have been released from that album, and the majority of those singles have been from side one or side a so i would i would think that the band would be more inclined to be playing the first few songs off of the album because back then um people wouldn't fast forward through to say you know what i'm going to skip these songs so that's why i think that that those types of of um songs in general in the live setting are more apt to be performed because more people are more familiar with them. Well, yeah, uh, and and so I'm not going to argue with that. But that's 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 like, are we discussing whether a song is on side A or side B versus what I think the question was was the actual order of the songs and how does that correlate to whether a song is played in concert and all that sort of stuff. So I'm thinking more specific than whether something is just on side A or side B because yes, U2 has historically put their singles, most of them, on side A. You know, back in the day when sides mattered. Um, but if we're like getting, I, I, and again, I missed this original question. But if the if the person was, is asking, you know, does it matter? You know, like if a song is number two on an album, is it more likely to get played in concert? You know, I just, I if it, if that's the case, I think that's just pure coincidence. That when they have their their theme that they're trying to promote, you know, I don't think that they're going to look at their um, their discography and go, oh well, gee, you know, that's the third song off of that particular side. Are we going to play it? Well, does it match what we're trying trying to say? And I think that that's also where things like YouTube request kind of um, don't. Uh, uh, take that into consideration mm-hmm. that that even though it is a song that we would really like to hear live, it's not going to jive with what the band is trying to do in this particular live venue. Yeah, that's where uh, U2GW in the chat room mentions, uh, and kind of going off what you guys were saying too, as far as when you get up to around Actung Baby, it starts to change because they don't really need to worry about order sides as much. And especially now in this day and age, there isn't sides and they don't, they don't pick sides anymore <laughs> as it were on the, on the records, if that's what we call them anymore. Um, all right. Are we, are we good? Can we move on? Is that? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. With that one. You guys are at peace. We are now at peace. Do we want to bring up uh, New York versus any other? <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It's, no. it's okay. all good. It's all good. Uh, getting on to other real, other questions, not real questions, but current questions. Uh, at Steve Dozas asks, what time do the band usually turn up at the venue? Whoa, someone just deleted. <laughs> what time does the band usually turn up at the venues to meet the fans before a show and things like that? Uh, it's been averaging uh, around 
two in the afternoon. Um, at least that was what it was in in the U.S. I've been watching the uh, Twitter feed with the hashtag of U2IE tour, and that still seems to be about the same time overseas. Um, I'm not sure about Barcelona because that concert time is so much later than the other venues, if, if that's also been delayed by an extra hour or so. But I would venture to guess that if you got there around like, you know, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you would be able to queue up with everybody else. People will normally go and get their um, GA number and then head over to where the band would be entering in with the hopes that they could get their picture autograph or their song request to a particular band member. And any, uh, I think we, I feel like we've discussed this maybe in a previous episode, but just a, probably the logical follow-up would be like advice for if you do want to get something signed or, or a picture taken with a member of the band, um, any tips or tricks or life hacks, whatever, YouTube hacks. <laughs> Have a Sharpie available. Which, um, yeah, all, good. because what will sometimes happen is, um, Bono will grab one person Sharpie and walk the line down. And if it's your Sharpie that he grabbed and Edge is coming, you now do not have something to write with. So always have multiple Sharpies at your disposal. <laughs> There's a good title. <laughs> uh, cool. Next question. Uh, well, second question from Steve Doza actually as well um, is, will you two ever perform Acrobat on this tour? I'll have to answer that again. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> the answer is the same. No, Which, they will not. Yeah, I don't. We don't think so. They've had. They've even. There's been video of Bono getting the request from somebody and kind of you know wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or whatever. Um, but yeah, definitely doesn't seem like they are keen to perform that song on this tour. So if they didn't do it in Berlin, I'm not expecting it to be on this tour. Right. Uh, final one from at Nathan Rufo. Have you ever gone through a period where you're sick of U2, taking a U2 hiatus? Are there songs you don't even dare listen to anymore? Volcano's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what else I don't like? <laughs> Here we go. Just, just replay that whole podcast right now. Just insert it. Uh, Matt, how about you? Any? You, you seem yeah, to have some uh, yeah. See, that's just where this is where the, the like the whole the whole mirage falls apart because, like, yes, I this happens to me all the time. Constantly, I get like like the number. If you were to open up my iTunes, there's no visual element here on our podcast. But if I were to open up my iTunes right now, the most popular playlist that I have in iTunes is my No YouTube playlist. That's what I listen to during the day. Um. And so, yeah, I, I constantly go through this, and I constantly take you two hiatuses. And you know when it really hit me too, um, when I was working on you uh, two a diary in two thousand six, seven, or eight or so, um, because I would like I would work you know a regular day and then get home, eat dinner, and then be on the computer like for five or six hours nonstop working on the book, and just you know living you know, every little detail of U2's life to, you know, to, to write the book and just absolutely got sick of U2 in the process of writing that book and could not listen to them. And that lasted, you know, for 
a good portion of the research and writing of the book and then probably a few months afterwards that I just, uh, you know, I just wanted nothing to do with U2 and the music because I had to get like so, you know, every night so into this, the book that I was writing that it was just like, ugh, I don't want to hear them right now. <laughs> so yeah, it, that happens to me all the time and I'm, I have to be very, like leading up to the, to Vancouver, um, I made sure not to listen to them until about probably mid-April, you know, probably a month or so before the tour started is when I started listening to the songs again and listening to, you know, old concerts and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I very much have to plan it. How about you, Sherry? Um, parenthood will definitely put the kibosh on listening to anything that you really want to listen to for a period of years. Um, I, I... I was fortunate in that my children liked the uh, children's albums from Bare Naked Ladies and from uh, They Might Be Giants. So, yeah, there was about a three-year period where uh, our favorite songs were not U2. <laughs> um, and I will say that there are certain albums that I'll take out once in a blue moon, um, like War, um, that is not an album that really resonated with me. I know it's Tasula's favorite album, but it's one that I really uh, couldn't connect with and I still don't connect with um, very often. But I prefer to listen to anything live. So I will go into my um, um, CD collection and pull out some of the uh, um, live albums or some of the uh, live recordings that I've traded for over the years and I'll pop in a good Pop Mart show or, you know, a good Love Town tour. Um, and and the Love Town tour um, recordings are some of my favorites because those were the ones that yeah. I first uh, got into um, YouTube fandom with. So I've got a lot of really good memories with those. But, you know, when it's not a tour year, I will start going back to some of the artists who I got into before I got into you 2 and I'll re-explore them. Then I'll come back and, and um, it's a nice give and take, you know, it's sort of like a family reunion. You're, you're happy when the family first shows up, but you're also happy to send them away for a little bit. And I think, uh, I think it's healthy to take a U2 hiatus every so often. I agree. Chris, do you deal, do you go through, yeah, I certainly do, and I can definitely identify with kids being a big factor in part of that. And uh, and it happened to line up for me with um, the release of No Line on the Horizon, which wasn't like one of my or isn't one of my favorite albums. And so it kind of just all culminated in kids album that I wasn't super into, and uh, and then less music, less U two being played. Um, but just recently now, like my kids are a little older, and they put up with different music, and they ha but they're not old enough that they want their own music. Um, occasionally, but that's coming. And so I'm in this kind of new period again where, uh, you know, a new, new album came out and it happened to be more my style and my kids are happy to listen to it and, uh, and aren't complaining and asking for something else, um, with animated turtles or something on it or whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I can certainly identify with too, like the, there's just albums that aren't really in my iTunes, or whatever that probably if I look back at stats and stuff, like something like October and, um, 
um, yeah, boy, even too, probably would be less, definitely less listened to, um, in terms of stats and how often I go back to that. But if they come up, like you said, Sherry on like a live album or something that I have, I'm still happy to listen to it. It doesn't turn me off that way, but, um, yeah, so it's, I think it's, it's, um, healthy too. It's okay. <laughs> I agree. It, well, so, yeah, it's, it's totally, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally healthy. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to say, you know, I'm not going to listen to them for a week or so. That doesn't make you less of a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and alternatively, if you, if all you ever listen to is YouTube, that's fine too. That's, that's perfectly awesome. They, the, the benefit of a band being around this long now is there's enough music there that you could theoretically be listening to it all the time and not have to repeat. I don't know what the number would be, but <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Be going for a while. So, um, Cool. Well, that was the, all the questions we had for this week on the uh, Ask at U2 hashtag. Be sure to send in your questions, comments for the show using the hashtag Ask at U2 on Twitter, and we'll grab those and, and use them in future shows. Um, and uh, moving on, we've got, uh, instead of our Stump Matt segment, I, I thought uh, we'd flip it up a little bit, and we're going to do well, Stump Matt and Sherry, I guess, is maybe what we'll do this time with a, a little bit of a Name That Song um, segment, we'll call it. And hopefully it's it's enough of a tease. So what we're going to do is basically I'm going to play a clip of a song and Sherry and Matt, um, I don't know how you guys can shout out, I guess, maybe when you know the song name, whoever does <laughs> it first. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see. I don't know how many we'll go through here. I have a whole bunch, but we'll see how many we get through, how long it takes here. And uh, and uh, someone, maybe in the chat room, somebody can uh, tag, tabulate the uh, score as we go along here <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> those in the chat room can play along too of course but um matt and sherry well actually it won't help them because there's a delay so uh the chat room will be a little bit behind unless matt and sherry are really stumped then uh the chat room <laughs> then they'll be right in time with us yeah, yeah. if it takes so, us 30 seconds so yeah all right so uh, we'll go let's see are these gonna all be are these all gonna be u2 songs or are yes. you gonna be like busting out no, no? okay <laughs> That's a good idea i should <laughs> Just throw in some random other you know like if it's Lana Del Rey or something, I don't know. I couldn't name one single song of hers or his or <laughs> Betty Wap. What's that one? Breaking Bad. There you Breaking. go. Sherry. Sherry wins the test. That was just a test. You know what? I have never seen Breaking Bad. I've never seen a single episode of that show. There's a good uh alternative uh, episode discussion of other media we watch that's, and don't watch. That's another YouTube <laughs> fan confession. <laughs> You know what? You know what else I don't like. Okay, so uh, we're gonna, <laughs> just trying to decide whether I go. Uh, okay, we'll start with this one. Okay, ready? You guys ready? Okay. Levitate. No, I have no idea what that is. So I have no. Idea. They're going to be like. Sometimes they'll have words. Sometimes they won't. Is that live? Oh, that's that the, the end, end of, of um, until the end of the world. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, where am I? Oh no, it's not. See, I'm just gonna check the chat room. That's what everybody. Yeah, until the end of the world too. It's it sounds very similar. Now it's actually Acrobat. I thought I'd throw that one in there just to appease the Acrobat fans. That was the, what? <laughs> that that was cruel. That was so cruel. No. <laughs> no okay, next one. Next one. I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how you want me to do this. <laughs> Sherry, an idiot? Yeah, Twilight, Twilight. Twilight, Twilight. You both- two GW beat us in the... <laughs> he beat us in the... <laughs> we're terrible. Man, we're terrible. Another time, another place, actually, is the correct answer. Oh, really? Okay, next one. Oh, that was this one I think is going to be easy. You're going to get this one pretty quick. 
beautiful day. day. <laughs> yes, I win. Yes. Uh, you both had that pretty quick. I don't know who was first there. Right. Might have to go back to the slow motion replay, but uh, we'll do that afterwards. Beautiful. So you both get a point, we'll say. Okay, uh, next one coming up. Oh, 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 Electrical storm? No, 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 no. Oh. It's from, it's from, um, it's from, it's from No Line on the Horizon. Just, uh, da, da, da. What was that song? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what is that? Come on. Chat room's got it. Bez. Yeah. Bez, isn't it? Okay, chat, yeah, room, chat room gets a point. <laughs> Man, the chat room is kicking our butt. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay, here's the next one. We'll go on. I need your love. Hawkman 269. There you go. Sherry didn't even enter on that one. Matt was so fast. Okay. Next one. I was walking. I was walking. That's, um, uh, that's, uh, uh, oh, man. That's, um, this is awful. It's uh, it's I threw a brick. There Did you cheat? You I, cheated. Did I you? could sing it. <laughs> no, I'm just I need I just I had to I'm trying to my my I wish we had video cameras for this because my my <laughs> what are you laughing at? I am laughing. My my CD collection is like it's like you know you're like reaching for it and like yes it's like just yeah. it's like two inches out of my reach and if I won't take I'd have to take my headphones off and then I wouldn't be able oh to hear God. anything. Okay, <laughs> uh, we'll do t- two more. Is this this is fine, oh, right? Great. This is good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Okay, uh, Sherry, you ready? No, but go ahead. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter if I'm ready. Why are you just asking <laughs> Sherry? Oh. uh... Uh, that's that song. Uh, if God would send his angels. There you go. Yes, Sherry's that's the it. one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's a song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is this is actually. See, I was telling you earlier, this coincides with your confessional of not being able to recall U two lyrics, uh, like some U two fans. Okay, last one, and then we'll do one more bonus round. One, ready? Red light. No, not red light. Uh, that's it. I'm putting my headphones down. I'm getting my CD. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see if you can get it before the chat room does. Yeah, you two GWs got it. Yep. Chat room wins again. So oh, is it? I, the, is it I have. Is it the just recalling the title, Matt? That's or like. Or are you like yeah. actually going to spin up the CD and? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I got this. It's just recalling the title. Go yeah, ahead. I okay. got this. I got the first three CDs in front of me now. Okay, so I'm standing up at my desk. Okay, so don't I can look see at the chat room. All. So you want to hear it again? Oh, like a song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And here's one bonus round. Uh, if Matt gets this one, he can win. Uh, let me just see. Where is it here? <laughs> That's like a pity thing right there. <laughs> Oh no, that's awful. <laughs> that's the worst song of all time. <laughs> Sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> when the church is <laughs> I'm gonna take my headphones off now and not put them back on. 
<laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> I was just testing right. to see if you actually ever listen to the song or not. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put my CDs back now. I have the. Uh, I have the boy CD that came in the fold-out cardboard case, by the way. Oh, wow. That's really old. You should uh, Instagram that or something so people can see it. They haven't. Okay. Well, that was fun. That was a good segment, I think. We'll try that and do it again. That was a good segment, yeah. Got, the lawyers will, more. The lawyers will yeah. be after us next, <laughs> we'll see. next week. That's okay. <laughs> I've heard like rumors of you know it's this certain length of a song or whatever, so... Right. Bono, go easy on us. have to listen to the first three albums a bit more this week. <laughs> I tried to grab one song from each album as I went through, but uh, we'll, we'll save some for. You didn't have anything off of Unforgettable Fire. Well, I know I haven't. Well, I, have, I haven't. We didn't get through it all yet. There's more that I had, but uh, he's got wanna, more. It's for next know. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Why do you do? That? Moving on. The at you two roundtable. Yes, table. please. Let's move on. Let's let's please move on. Where we pick a discussion, a topic, a couple things that we want to talk about and uh, debate them and argue and. Uh, Discuss them to death. <laughs> not like, not unlike the first half of the podcast, but we just call this a different name. <laughs> so uh, briefly, maybe, or I don't know how much we want to discuss this one, but it's something we forgot to mention last episode, I think, on the official podcast. We talked about it after the show. So if you are if you do are keen on the podcast and tune in live when we record live Wednesday nights at 8.30 and whatever time it is in your world, uh, we sometimes chat after the show is done. And... Uh, Sherry, or I can't remember who it was, reminded us that Rock Band 4 was announced and is adding some U2 songs, um, Cedarwood Road, and I forgot to look the other one. I will follow. I will follow, right. Um, There's my piece of trivia (laughs) that I wouldn't have gotten. Um, And uh, first of all, I guess, have you guys played Rock Band in any form, period? Matt, have you? Yes, I have. We used to. <laughs> here's here's the the story. The funny story is that we used to have rock band, and um, we had the whole beads and all the gear um, with the guitar and the keyboard and the drums and everything and the microphone. And I played. My son played. My wife even played. And then once it became obvious that the you know the whole music game thing was sort of like dying out and that there wasn't going to be a um, a U2 game after all, we sold our rock band <laughs> gear. And so now we have no rock band gear, and now they're coming out with U2 rock band songs. So there you go. That's uh, how it rolls, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we we have an older, I don't remember which one, rock band, three or, actually, no, it was the Beatles rock band, actually, um, one. And uh, But unfortunately, like we figured out last time, this this edition is only for the new PlayStation 4, Xbox One platform, so... Which, yeah, we've got the Wii and the Wii U, and uh, we do have rock band stuff that the rest of the family plays on. Um, we got the Beatles and and a couple others, but when I discovered that there's no Wii uh, version of this game, I just was like, well, what? Yeah. How could they totally miss one whole segment of Suburban Moms? I mean, that just stinks. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I already crank out to Cedarwood Road with my air guitar. Now I can't do it with my Wii guitar. It just stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing on the technical side, uh, we use a little underpowered for maybe what they're trying to accomplish with it. That's what I've, I know with other games, it's sort of that way. But um, it is too bad that they don't have one out for that because that would be probably the, the perfect storm of people, like you said, who have the Wii U and would play rock band as a family or whatever, whether U2 is on it or not. But um 
we'll see. I don't know if, I guess you out there as fans, would you be buying, like it basically would be a, what, three, $300 some console that you'd have to buy. And then the Rock Band 4, which is probably 60 to $100 or whatever it'll be. Um, would it be worth buying just to be able to rock out to you to with Rock Band or not? Did they, the, did they ever say like, did they ever, they haven't said how, like how many total U2 songs will be available, have they? No, no, they did say that additional U2 songs will be available for download after the game launches. There's going to be something like 1,500 songs combined between all of the different artists that are participating in it. And there so will be to- additional U2 songs in there. See, yeah. that's, they need to be more specific because additional U2 songs could be two or it could be 50. Yeah, and if, if, it's, if it's 50, I might be more inclined to you know, spend a little money. But if, it's, you know, if there's only going to be like five U2 songs total, then you know, forget it. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be like downloadable content. You buy a pack of U2 songs like for three bucks or five bucks or whatever. And if memory serves, it was like in the past for... Or previous- they'll magically appear in your Xbox one day. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Somebody delete these songs off of here. I don't want them. Oops. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, I, I don't think they'll do that this time, but uh, it would be nice. That that would be a nice little treat for us YouTube fans, but it would actually be funny in an ironic kind of way if uh, whoever, Microsoft or whoever's behind that could convince the band to do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't see it happening. Um, now, okay. I, do, I do have a question though, because okay. they are putting Cedarwood Road on there. Do you think that's going to be the next single off the album? Yeah, which you would think it kind of would be. Like, I know when we were talking about last week after the show, I, I felt as like it's a, a good choice from a musical standpoint, but also from a like lyrically, it feels like a, a bit of a heavy song to be like, you know, just rocking out with your family to the living room. Um, but so maybe there is more marketing push behind it than just a pick the good rock song, one of the good rock songs off the album. And throw it on. Well, and it, and it makes sense that they might push a new single out around the time of the Paris uh, stuff on HBO. It, you know, it'd probably be to their benefit to have something new for radio stations to play. So, yeah, I think there 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 could be something to that. That's that's a an interesting idea. And what's yeah. also interesting about the HBO thing that you just pointed out, all of the social media push right now has been for the concert on the fourteenth. But there's been very little said about the documentary that's going to be on the seventh, and I'm well, wondering th- why the, why uh, they're not be- plugging both. Because because I think the only people that are going to watch the documentary are you two nutters like us. I don't think Joe, music fan, is going to bother tuning in for a documentary, but they may tune in for a concert. Oops. Okay, we'll 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 drop back in right around here. <laughs> so I was actually looking on the. On the fantastictours.atu2.com, just to see the the dates and the, and the stuff for the show, because the the HBO special airs uh, on the fourteenth, right. and that is going to be night three of the four nights in Paris, and that is supposed to be the actual show on the fourteenth with a slight time delay. So they'll have about five hours, give or take, in post production to get it uploaded and uh, sent across the satellites over to HBO in order to broadcast. So the we will all have listened to it on on um, on 
Mixler or, or, or we would have seen it on Periscope. So I'll be very interested in seeing if it truly is the full show or if they've somehow magically melded the first three nights together because <laughs> yeah. they are you two and they do that type of stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could see them having like after the first two nights having a, a, vid- a version ready to go in case the show is just like something, you know, horrible goes wrong or right. edge breaks the guitar string or something or someone's sick or whatever. Like you, they'd have, they have a couple of days after the first two shows to get that kind of thing together anyways. Well, then- you mentioned edge breaking a guitar string. If you look back at the Elevation uh, DVD live from Boston, the um, night one, Edge's guitar string broke during... Um, during uh um oh what song was it gone. gone and he went mental i was at that show i've never seen edge want to destroy a guitar in the way that he he actually did on stage <laughs> and that part made it into the dvd but other songs were not from night 1 as part of the boston dvd it was it was a meld of multiple nights so it wasn't one complete show that's interesting. I, I either if I'd heard that, I forgot about that story. But um, that's interesting that they would still include that. Then I have to go back and rewatch, rewatch that show. But. Yeah, there's a there's a couple points. There's a couple points in the Boston DVD where you can see noticeably, you know, like Bono's hair is different from one cut to the next, and so you can kind of it kind of gives it away um, that it's different nights. And it's the, and the same thing with the Slane DVD, uh, especially during Streets. Um, if you just watch Bono, there's some shots where, you know, they show him one minute behind and he's got his arms, you know, spread out wide. And then the next cut, you know, he's got his arms together inside. And it's so there's just there's just a few yeah. little things. If you're a real uh, train spotter, I guess would be the term that they use for for those of us that <laughs> look that deeply at things. <laughs> um, yeah, you can kind of tell that they. Yes. Yeah, um, Chicago 2005. Similar thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which I think is fair, and that's a whole, maybe a whole other discussion as far as whether that's like a legit thing or not to do, and and whether your air quotes allowed to or not. But um, I think you know, in the interest of providing a, a video that documents that tour, you kind of want to put your best foot forward with it. And you know, if there is a song that kind of falls flat one night, but then works better the other night, might as well. I think that's fair play. Um, so folks in the chat room are, are listing off some other music documentaries and things that. Um, to sort of reference, I guess. And um, I thought I'd just mention on, uh, there's a site called Letterboxd that's sort of like for tracking your movies that you've watched or movies you want to watch. And I I'd put together a list with some friends, potentially to do for a podcast. I have never got around to it, but of music documentaries worth watching or checking out. And uh, and just as a, a complete aside, it it's uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And feel free to send me suggestions of other do- music documentaries that aren't on the list that I've forgotten about. Because um, yeah, that's a, it's a whole sort of subgenre of obviously of documentaries and stuff that if you're a music nerd at all is, is kind of fun, even if you don't love the band that it happens to be about. So there you go. Um, the, I feel like we've, uh, we've had bigger discussions about everything and we were supposed to get to our main topic yet of, <laughs> well, no, that's not true. We had a, a little bit of a pr- longer preamble this time that isn't in the show. So um, pros and cons topic of pros and cons of not having opening acts on this tour. And, um, and it's, it is something I know we discussed sort of a bit beforehand and whether they might do something different in Europe, obviously they haven't. Um, and, uh, and I guess for, for somebody who hasn't been at a show myself, the, it obviously doesn't, affect, <laughs> doesn't affect me at all, but it is kind of, I can understand how even just a different vibe and a different, um, audience 
sort of participation thing where everybody there is there for you too. There isn't any chance of like um, Arcade Fire fans, for example, who last tour when I saw them, Arcade Fire open, or second last tour, Arcade Fire open. And so obviously there's a whole bunch of people who potentially would be there who maybe like you too, but are also there because they really love Arcade Fire, um, et cetera, on down through the history of opening acts they've had. Um, Matt, how do you think it's sort of played out in terms of being a, a good thing, bad thing for the tour? It's, you know, I, the, the point you just made, I think is one of the big, is one of the big positives for it because you, while you mentioned Arcade Fire, I was going to say the same thing about Muse, um, on the 360 tour when the, the very first leg, when Muse opened for them, there were, you know, there were, I saw them, uh, what was it? Giant Stadium in New Jersey with my son, the two shows there. And there were just hundreds and hundreds of Muse fans uh, that came to the show specifically to see Muse. And later on, on the 360 tour, when it was uh, Australia, New Zealand, I believe, is that where they had Jay-Z opening yep. uh, some of the shows? Um, I remember seeing, uh, you know, just tons and tons of tweets um, from people saying, you know, going to U2 tonight, but the only reason I'm going is to see Jay-Z. I'm going to leave after Jay-Z. Um, and so, yeah, just it's, I, I, you know, so I think that's one of the one of the real positives is that, you know, you two, you know, you guarantee you get your own audience and not somebody else's audience. Um, so I think, you know, going into the tour, I was a little, you know, just I was like curious, like, what's it going to be like the vibe in the building with no opening act and. And, you know, so how are they going to build up that excitement? But, you know, I don't think that, you know, from my perspective, at least, I don't think that was ever really an issue because just the just the excitement of being in the building and knowing that the show, you know, that U2 is going to be on, you know, that sort of just developed its own excitement for me. And I guess, you know, the other thing, I guess the only downside is that, you know, there's there's a few opening acts that, you know, U2 has kind of introduced me to that I've, you know, that I learned to like and listen to. And so... You know, I guess selfishly as a music fan, I, I'm wondering, you know, what, could there have been an opening act that I might have never heard of before and, you know, found a new a new band that I liked? Um, that to me is probably the only downside of it. But um, have they, they haven't played longer as a result or like it's not like you're getting more U2 and less of something. They are band. playing longer on this tour. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. I mean, I think I think the 360 tour was usually about two or 210 and this is usually about. 215 or 225 yeah. yeah somewhere in there so it's i mean it's an extra you know an extra 10 minutes or so yeah how about you sherry what are your thoughts on the opening well night? after seeing so many different opening acts from 92 onward um i am very happy not to have one on this tour um for the reasons that have already been said but also because it it for this particular tour with the technology and with everything that is designed specifically for you too, I couldn't see them allowing another artist up there. <laughs> um, so for this particular design of a tour, I think that an opening act would have detracted from it because the opening act for this tour is the PA music. It is the the pre-show mix that they're playing to set the mood, to set the tone, to get everybody understanding what U2's background is, what inspired them, what's inspiring them now. You know, some nights you'll you'll have a nice mix of of the um, 
of the of the 70s and very early 80s music. Um, other nights you'll have some um, um, 90s thrown in as well. For for the tours that I did see with an opening act, there were some artists like like Matt mentioned, I mean, I was introduced to Snow Patrol and I absolutely love them now because I got to see them perform before um, U2 took the stage. But then there are other artists that that we saw, um, Damian Marley, you know, we had Kanye West, we had um, Black Eyed Peas, we had the Pixies, we had um, uh, the Bodines, we had Lone Justice, we had PJ Harvey, um, we had a whole uh, Pixies, you know, we had a did whole you, did, slew of other did people. You, did you not like any of them? Um, they were okay, <laughs> but um, <laughs> when when um, uh, for the uh, Vertigo tour. That was the one that that I went and saw 25 shows in a very short period of time. I was living the dream of of having a well-paying job and no children. So um, I I didn't need to see Damian Marley the amount of times that I saw him. Um, (laughs) Once was enough. But then again, most people only go to one show and that's fine. Um, But it was really interesting when we were out in Portland for the end of that third leg of the um, of of the uh, Vertigo tour, and Rocco took the stage. Um, Rocco Reedy, um, he took the stage to uh, to introduce Kanye, and and the introduction was something along the lines of "He is an inspiration to you too, and we believe that he will be an inspiration to you." So you, um, that that harkened back to a few of the other interviews that I had read over the years, where they wanted to have an opening act that that they not only could stand behind, but had had influenced them or that had inspired them, you know, so, so thinking back to groups like the disposable heroes of hypocrisy, um, who opened for broadcast, go ahead. Hypocrisy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, you know, they, 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 they were one of the ones that um, actually had uh, uh, the song, uh, what was it, Television, The Drug of the Nation, uh, Breathing Ignorance and Feeding Radiation TV, and I could keep going on with the rap. But that was, you know, one of the inspirations behind the whole Zoo, zoo TV thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were bringing in the artists who were influencing them. And that was helpful to me to get to understand the musical path that they were taking. Um, you know, some, some people I, yeah, questioned think... the Black Eyed Peas, but, you know, truth, truth be told, the band liked them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I want to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, you know what else I don't like? The Black Eyed Peas. That's a real Zoo TV moment. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, you know, in, in terms of, I mean, I agree with what Sherry said. I think that the, the opening acts that they had on Zoo TV were probably the best they've ever had in terms of 
the opening act setting up the show that U2 was about to put on. I think it was really, I mean, it was just, it, it was, I mean, it was just the, like, I don't know. I just, I just worship at Zoo TV's altar. So there's like, <laughs> like anything, like every, like that whole thing was just such a perfect combination of, from start to finish of, of visuals and sound and message and all this sort of thing. And so I think, you know, so I, I certainly agree with that, that, you know, even though that's not my style of music and I didn't know, you know, their songs and all this sort of stuff, it was just having them as the opening act for Zoo TV was just, was just fantastic. Um, Plus so it was yeah, the sugar cubes too. Well, the, yeah, well, yeah, and then yeah. you know when and when it went over into Europe, it had you know it had different. It didn't. They didn't have um, you know they had they had different opening acts in Europe, and and you know they've they've done that pretty constantly. But I don't know. I mean, I they've had some dodgy opening acts over the years, and um, you know, Black Eyed Peas being one. I think there was probably Kanye West was. was I thought it was interesting too. And you're right. I had I totally forgotten that they actually had to come out. And sort of make a statement before Kanye West came on stage about why he was the opening act. I was, I was that I totally forgot about that. But you're right. Yeah. But I mean, for my, for my money, yeah. Okay. Your your husband just said it in the chat. Smash Mouth was really the worst opening act they've ever had. <laughs> oh boy. In turn, <laughs> in, in, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, that was that was Pop Mart Seattle was yep. the, was the show that I saw, and it was. I mean, it was just completely unlistenable and unwatchable, and. I don't think I've ever I mean I always try to be respectful of the opening act whether I like them or not but I I think I probably did lose it that night of of Pop Mart Seattle and I would think I was being very disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's a tough tough thing to be in just like opening band thing especially with a band like U2 but it, it is interesting how they've gone back and forth from like intentionally, it feels like very intentional about who they would choose and why. And then other times, like you said, you know, Smash Mouth or whatever, like just picking random popular band at the time, maybe, or, you know, trying to just sort of bring in the young crowd, so to speak, to the show or something, you know, and yeah. So my, I've gotten fairly lucky with who I've saw. Like I said, uh, um, Arcade Fire in Montreal, which is Arcade Fire's hometown. It was kind of like a cool double whammy of of those two bands or whatever and and arcade fire joining you two at the end uh on stage and stuff and a fun thing like that but um i was trying it's fun loving criminals was the band i saw in edmonton that opened oh for yeah them, which were i pop mart yeah pop mart and uh i couldn't say good or bad i don't know um it was my first show, so I was kind of overwhelmed with everything at the time. Pop Mart <laughs> being a first show is pretty overwhelming as it is. Um, and then uh, I forget who it was on 360 that was in it was Edmonton again that I saw them. But I think it was a Canadian band, I want to say. But a uh, younger band that I didn't really get into or wasn't too keen on or whatever. And, and the crowd wasn't like super into it either. So I didn't feel bad for not knowing. <laughs> Now, I know I am totally in the minority, but I was thrilled when the cores opened for them in Sunrise for the start of the Elevation Tour. That was very much a last-minute call, um, but I was thrilled about that. Oh, that'd be good, And yeah. I know I'm in the minority on that. Or, I guess just like not at all sort of a rock band at all, and so people were disappointed because of that. Is that the vibe? Yeah, or? pretty much. Yeah. But, you know... The, they're from Ireland. <laughs> so I was thrilled to have an all Irish uh, um, show that night. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder if like, you know, in, in a fantasy land where um, the Ramones are still touring for some reason and, you know, would they bring them on as an opening act if, if that was happening, like if they were still around and, you know, just with a theme of this, this tour or whatever. And sort of like, well, what they you're brought uh, uh, for 
Zoo TV, they had big, big audio dynamite too. So, you know, they did have, uh, uh, Mick, Mick Jones, who was part of the clash, um, come and and be, be an opener, you know? So they have done something similar. Yeah. Caleb in the chat room says, but no stars go blue cam Bono cameo. That's Oh, at the show. Right. Yeah. That actually, I really like that song. No, no. Um, there wasn't a Bono cameo and he was at the show. He should remember. <laughs> you guys can argue with that after the show. Yeah. Isn't he in the other room? <laughs> He's a few floors above me right now. Okay. In the, in the uh, Sherry mansion. Okay. Well, I think we've exhausted this, but I'm, I am curious about fans who listen to the show and who've been to you two shows. Uh, tweet us with your favorite or not so like you can maybe tweet fave and your favorite opening act and your not fave non-fave opening act if that makes i think that makes sense uh and use the hashtag ask at you too and we'll we'll grab that and and uh, read a few on the next episode um because obviously everybody has different tastes in music like we talked about earlier and um and uh, just curious what different folks think of different opening acts and and maybe there's some that we've forgotten and uh maybe you were at a really early show or something someone out in ireland or over in europe somewhere that saw a band that opened for you too that we've completely missed or forgotten about and uh, and your thoughts on whether you wish they did have a opening back act on on this tour or not? So um, cool. Well, let's let's wrap up the roundtable and uh, talk about what's coming up next on with the podcast. We've uh, we've mentioned a couple times the uh, YouTube bucket list items, things that you want to do, see, try related to YouTube in some vague fashion. You can uh, send those in. We've had a bunch of folks sending them in already. To uh, if you email it to uh, webmaster at at youtube.com audio if you have if you want to record some audio and send it in a youtube video whatever and we'll we'll capture the audio and throw it in the show or just an email with some some items listed um yeah any other comments there matt related to the bucket list no we've like i said we've got uh, we've got a half dozen emails already and so you know we can we can share those with uh, our own bucket list items next week and and like as you were just saying i'd love if uh, some folks wanted to uh, send some audio or something in, and we'll just uh, we'll, I mean, we'll give you more work that way, and give you <laughs> give you something else to do. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you because you love playing audio clips during the podcast. So. <laughs> totally, it's a jive moment. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, or any uh, YouTube collectibles you want to own? Like, if there's something I've I don't know about you guys, I've the collectibles thing has sort of gone the way gotten gotten. I've gotten less interested in that with the whole digital stuff, but I'm sure there are fans out there who still desperately want to get every single album in a certain format or things like that. Um, or pictures of your collection. That would actually be really cool to see as well. If you've got some awesome collection or some rare thing, like, I mean, I know it isn't super rare what you were talking about, Matt, the album version that you have of, um, what did you say earlier? War in a uh, uh, boy. boy, the cardboard, boy. the cardboard. Right. Um, and stuff like that. And we'll link to the, you know, if you throw an Instagram picture up or tweet it or whatever, and we'll, we'll link to that as well. So folks can see it just to see what other collectible stuff is out there. Uh, make sure that you have your location turned off so people don't go try and steal it from your house after, after the show airs. And, uh, yeah, you, any YouTube things you want to see you do experience, um, uh, whatever that might be, it might be as simple as wanting to see them in concert. Maybe you've never seen them live. Um, and that would be like the big thing on your list, which certainly uh, if you're a fan, obviously would probably be one of those things, but um, we'd love to to hear about it. Um, I think that's it for this episode. And uh, you can find this show if you want. Previous episodes, if you're wanting, if this is your first episode, welcome to the show. And you can listen to previous episodes at goodstuff.fm slash at U2, A-T-U-2. And uh, the 
Twitter account to follow for the show and for the website. In case you don't, you're not aware, this uh, podcast is uh, affiliated with at u2.com. So twitter.com slash atu2 is where you can follow everything, all of us, theoretically, I guess, on Twitter. And uh, facebook.com slash atu2.com is where you can go to like the site on Facebook. Anything else I'm forgetting, Matt, before we wrap up? No, I, that's it. I think that's it. I'm looking forward to we're, So we're doing Bucket List next week. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to try to do a very special... That's the week that we turned right. 20 years old as a website. So the week after that, we're going to try and do a special 20th anniversary something cool kind of podcast. So I, I, have no idea, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> given, given the history, I would assume uh, Edge and Adam are probably going to show up on the podcast, I would assume. <laughs> Just I'll find you some uh, uh, some um, sound bites just in case they're busy at three thirty Dublin time. You know, I'm the fly man. That's it. Maybe Bono too. We'll see. Um, no, don't don't even think that I'm uh, remotely serious. <laughs> Although if they do want to come on, they're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, we'll make room for them. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll sub I'll sub out. Um, <laughs> no, you need to record things. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll all just be nervously laughing the whole time. I'll play back audio clips of themselves to them, and it'll be like awkward. Chris Farley on SNL yeah, when he exactly. used to when he used to interview Paul. Do you remember Edge when you remember that, that time? <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I've done to that again. That will be Larry's response the whole time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Like we said many couple times through the show, we, we record this live. Uh, you can listen to the whole uh, Gong Show live if you want. Wednesday nights, uh, goodstuff.fm slash, uh, I think it's schedule or calendar, one of the two, I should know, it's my own site, is where you can see the uh, calendar and uh, the time zone that it happens to fall in on your side of the world. And uh, twitter.com is where you can send in hashtag ask at you two questions, thoughts, comments for the show. And uh, that's it. Sherry, where can folks find you if they want to ask you more questions outside of the show on Twitter? Let's they see. can <laughs> find me on Twitter at, at U2Com Sherry. And Matt, how about you? Uh, at, at I, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Matt oh. McGee. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at, at, I'm at Matt McGee and you're at I, Chris. So we'll there get we that straight. Yeah, one of these times. Okay. Right. okay. And Chris, before we close out, I have a quote from Adam from the elevation tour book says when i look at the balance of the relationships in the band it looks like that in the songwriting partnership of bono and edge i feel edge is the man and bono is the woman and in the rhythm section larry is without doubt the man he wouldn't have it any other way and neither would i and i think i have to agree with mr clayton on that (laughs) all right goodbye everybody thanks for listening